Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here live on WYSL today. Again, give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Live at WYSL until 1 p.m. Or if you're listening on the rebroadcast over at WACK out in Newark, appreciate you all listening as well. Plus all the online streams, a free solution, the Facebook page, free solution, the YouTube channel, and the Kevin Wilson page. It's wherever you're listening today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. The podcast, too. All right. And uh, hope everyone is staying safe and warm out there today. It is uh, quite snowy out. Uh, I know I'm uh, snowed into my house right now. <laughs> you know, you, you got to love, like, I, I get the, the, the plows are... Going through, they're clearing the roads. I got like four feet of snow at the end of my driveway right now. Don't have anywhere to be in a hurry, so I'm just waiting for them to get the the parking lane so I can shovel myself out properly. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, yeah, but besides that, plenty to talk about today. Uh, you know, a, a few things. I, here's here's the direction I want to go for today's show. Um, of course, appreciate any comments. Y- y'all have any topics that you want to talk about listening online that, that you'd like me to discuss? Happy to hear those. Leave them in the comments, and uh, we'll, we'll get to those too. Uh, but but here's the direction I want to go. There's there's a couple things that the, the Democrats, the Biden administration, are doing right now uh, that it's it's that philosophy of, well, the government's going to you know, break your leg and then offer you crutches. Uh, to uh, help you out, and then and the government's saying, "Oh yes, you know, we got you. Well, aren't you so lucky that you have us? Otherwise, what would you do?" Um, and and that's how I see things going with the the testing program, these proposals to do masks. I mean, this has been a thing for a while since the pandemic started, right? There's this attitude that if government isn't doing something then that thing isn't happening at all. And, you know, I'd love for you, the listeners, to, to let me know, like, where, where do you think that that attitude comes from? Like, is it a genuine belief that without some central controlling authority uh, that things can't get accomplished, that things won't move forward? Or is it more self-centered than that? Is it that... Uh, politicians want to look like they're doing something. They want to be the hero in the narrative that they tell about themselves and therefore they tell their constituents and they tell their voters. Is is that why government does this? Because there's there's situations with how we've responded to the pandemic. Again, there's there's a presumption that government is the only one who can do things. But often what happens is that government intervention, particularly when it comes to producing goods related to addressing the pandemic hasn't has not only not been the right solution it's also it's often gotten in the way and, and Shelly uh comment says uh crutches that are the wrong size of course yeah no it's often the case too right it's like not, not quite the right solution either uh, and so 
that brings us to a couple of things, right? We we sort of touched on like the uh, the testing issue, right? So uh, the Biden administration they want to make all the health insurance companies uh, pay for test. You're supposed to be able to get like eight tests a month, and okay, so like that's cool, that's fine, I, I guess, uh, you know. But like, there's a few logistical hurdles that like need to be worked out here, right? Like, so first of all, like there's some insurance companies that are trying to figure out, well, how do you adequately cover this you know if you have like a, a health savings account or something you know you can make it like a medically eligible item and cover that but like if you're just you know not using something like that and and you need to go and get those do you, do you do it over the counter do you pay for it that way like the logistics of it can be worked out but they haven't been worked out it's just again a, a dictate coming from the the federal government and now we have these things again the other thing that we need to consider and, and something that I have wondered aloud about before, too, is are we going to see a rise in the prices of these tests? Because if they know that even under emergency youth author, use authorization, which many of these tests still are under, uh, that they can get paid for by insurance is the incentive to raise prices. And if they raise prices, do the products that you get on the shelf go up, too? Right? Are, are they going to go up because they know that like they can have uh you know get whatever price they want from the insurance companies no 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 not not quite whatever price they want the insurance companies are gonna do some due diligence to to you know i'm sure try to keep their own costs down but a a lot of times when you, you create these artificial scarcities you get people who get these goods they're not in the short term, they're not uh, paying any more in insurance because of this. At least they're not going to see it. They're not going to notice it. It's going to be bundled into all the other increasing costs of insurance, right? Um, it, it feels like it's free, and you're like, well, why Why not get more tests? Why not overconsume? Why not have more tests than I really need, and I'll just test more often than, you know, necessarily makes sense? You know, even if I'm not going somewhere, even if I'm not symptomatic, well, because I get these eight tests for free anyway, might as well get them. Prices can help us manage supplies more effectively. What insurance does in this case is it effectively takes the price out of the equation for the consumer, for us. Because, again, if I can get eight tests a month covered by insurance, well, I might as well use all those eight tests. I might as well get them. Maybe I'll hoard them. I don't know. But, you know, I might as well get those because, well, I can't find them on the shelf anywhere because, well, suddenly the supply is getting sucked up by all these other people who are getting uh, getting through the insurance. So why not? Take what I can. And that's how it ends up spiraling. I couldn't. And then, you know, then you have that justification for the rising of uh, prices. But again, if you have, you know, tests, some of which are going to be, you know, a little bit more expensive, some are going to be, you know, more, less, whatever, you know, more effective, less effective. Uh, you know, we need to, you know, have consumer transparency on this stuff. But we have um, the availability of these just on the market still. And we have the FDA standing out of the way with this stuff, and people are able to access these, and more tests are able to be produced on the market. Why is this something that the state needs to solve? It didn't need to actually solve this problem. And we see this in so many areas of government, but especially on the COVID front. And, you know, I remember at this point, well, not even at at this point, like, Two years ago, we weren't even thinking about this. This point, two years ago, it was still. I think at this point, we were we were the Democrats are still talking about how it was uh, racist to um, be scared of coronavirus. Um, 
that's that's where we might have been at this point two years ago, which is weird to think about that. Uh, look it up. It might have been February when we started that, but just just totally bizarre relationship to you know what became a pandemic. But we can look at other supplies too, where uh, members of Congress, usually the Democrats, but sometimes the Republicans too, say like, "Well, there's no way, no possible way we can solve." this temporary mass shortage without uh, resorting to, to government uh, control of the situation. We need to control the supplies. We need to make sure we have control of masks and ventilators and everything else. Um, and, you know, government will ensure that the production of these things uh, gets everything to where they need to go. Uh, and, and, and here's where I want to go with this, right? I'll talk about the mask thing specifically because there's a new Democratic proposal to, to like, send masks to folks, too. We'll talk about that briefly, too. Uh, but where I want to go with this is that when you do this, when you put government in control of everything, when you set the expectation that that's going to happen, uh, you create more tension, more animosity, more expectation that the government needs to solve every one of your problems. And that does two things. One, it drives the expectation that the government – needs to act quickly to resolve these things, and that can lead towards authoritarianism. It's the road to serfdom. And the other thing is that by driving that central control, you create more possibilities for political violence. There's some you know, murmurings among, again, usually on the left, uh, talking about like civil war type of stuff. Like, all right, is the language getting so heated right now? We're heading towards a new civil war. Well, okay. If you want to cool that down, then lower the stakes. What are the stakes of power, of seizing control of the executive branch, of seizing control of Congress, and how much control do they have over the lives of both the people who affiliate with them and the people who do not wish to be affiliated with whatever parties in power? When you have stakes that are that high, when you have that much tension, it does matter. That power can change or destroy lives. All right, so thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Again, appreciate you all being here on this uh, wonderful, snowy Monday. Um, and and, and that's, that's where I want to go with this, is, is heading in that direction. There we go. There's the music I was waiting for. I was like, I'm pretty sure we're coming up on a break now. All right. Appreciate you joining us, Free Solution. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. 
Alright, welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kev Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate the comments. Again, if you want to call in, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Looks like we have a few comments. Shelly's active today. Appreciate your comments, Shelly. Saying government did a horrible job in the beginning of the pandemic. Now they're, we're an endemic. They're taking credit for the measure the citizens used to protect each other. Yeah, a lot of times it's like people started doing their own thing, figuring this stuff out, and then the government kind of followed suit with that. Um, I mean, that's that's what's going to happen, right? It's What's, what's that old, um, you know, uh, the old saying where the, the leader is like, oh, there go my people. Uh, I must... Uh, Go catch them so I can lead them. I know I'm butchering that quote, but that's I feel like that's how a lot of politi- politicians react. Um, and uh, Shelly says, free market, free market would fix shortages. Hochul's creating shortages by trying to take control. Uh, maybe, you know, like Hochul's less controlling than Governor Cuomo, but still, you know, same thing. I think right now, like, I'm more, I'm more on the Biden administration about this because, like, they're trying to do all this stuff at the federal level. Um, I mean, playing the criticize Hoko for here, but uh, you know, I like th- this is the the big trying to to the manage this from Washington D.C. is ridiculous, especially since the Biden administration recently acknowledged, and I think correctly, like, hey, this is something that the states and probably local government should be handling. Uh, you know, also individual responsibility. On uh, the other comment, I'd like to see the financial relationship between big farm and health insurance. I mean. Yeah, there's there's a lot of relation. There's a lot of negotiations and whatnot going on between those. You know, in in some ways, uh, making both them uh, industries more uh, profitable. That's uh, that's how it goes. I mean, that's there's oh man, like we, I could do. We we'd probably have to do a whole show on on all that and why we have the health insurance systems that we do, and you know, some like incentives about pay. That created the workplace-based health insurance programs. What used to happen with like mutual aid societies providing health insurance for each other, and uh, why those got destroyed. And there's, oh man, there's there's so much to it. Uh, I don't I don't think I could even adequately speak. I'd have to bring on an expert to talk about that stuff. Um, but yeah, government policy plus you know nudging from both those industries and the you know the, the medical professionals uh, kind of created a, a goofy system that we have today. Um, so, so anyway, you know, back to like the Biden administration stuff and, and the plan to, to hand out, you know, masks again, like just the, I'll, I'll share the, like the, the white house, like fact sheet about the, the rap test. You, you can, you can tell me this is, this is the white house spin on it. Right. Like, but I like posting these direct sources. Um, you know, they, they talk about, you know, they're, they're going to starting January 19th, they're going to. Uh, allow people to order tests online too. They're going to get there in seven to twelve days of ordering. Um, you know, hope you don't need one quick though, because uh, they're, they're you know they're they're supposed to be getting a bunch of money to these test manufacturers to to increase production, right? But you know, at the same time, uh, you know, there's only so much increased capacity you can do when you have the government buying up, you know, millions of it might be billions of these at this point. I don't even know, but buying you know a half a billion tests. There we go. 500 million um and uh and what's going to be tough is like if you need that test immediately and all these tests are bought up but the federal government has kind of accounted for those and you're not able to 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 order it from you know your local you know pharmacy and have it shipped within a couple days you have this uh test from the federal government you can get in seven to twelve days but if you're having symptoms now 
you know, the CDC's saying like, well, you know, that, that five day waiting period that you have, which is sort of confusing. But if you don't, you were exposed, but you don't have symptoms. And then after five days, you know, you can uh, go back to work, but you have to wear a mask. But you'd kind of want to take a test because you want to know if you're contagious or not. You can't do that. Like, you can't use testing to, like, reinforce the safety of yourself and others if we have to go through the program. And my worry is that this is going to create a, a scarcity of goods that's going to make it more difficult for average people to go and, and find tests through these private companies. That That's my worry. Now, hopefully that ends up not being correct, um, you know, but but – my inclination is that that's probably what will happen because the government is buying all these tests um, and, and will probably reduce the, the supply that's available out on the open market and uh, make it more difficult for average folks to be able to just pick one up at the store. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. Hopefully I'm wrong about that. Hopefully there's still an adequate supply of those, but a lot of folks might not be inclined to do that because they're like, why would I go out and buy one at a store when I can get a free one from – uh, the federal government or ask the insurance company to cover them, right? Now, they're not really free. You are paying for them. You know, we're just paying f for them through our tax dollars. You know, and I'll, I'll be curious to see what, like, the price per unit is for these tests. Um, you know, what, what it ends up actually being. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, are they going to be paying more or less? Are they getting a good deal, you know, because they're buying in bulk? Who knows? I mean, that was the idea behind, like, the government paying for a bunch of the vaccines, right? It's like, in theory, they're supposed to be getting a lower cost and, you know, distributing them the free for people. And uh, you'd be able to get one, you know, when, whenever you want without cost being a barrier. Okay, cool. But, uh, again, uh, with the testing side, what happens to uh, the, the, the open availability of being able to get a test instantly because, you know, we've started to develop distribution systems for being able to get this stuff? Because markets can work. Markets can solve problems. Again, this isn't a problem that really needed to be solved. It was already in the process of being solved by market forces, by looking at the demand for these tests and how many people wanted them and what price points were acceptable to people. Like even if you say like this is a nice thing for the government to do, free test, hurrah, like this wasn't a problem that needed to be solved. But government decided to step in and intervene anyway only because – you know what they need to look like they're doing something and that's that's to me one of the most dangerous aspects of 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 our political system is the need to look like you're taking action you can't just say hey this is already being addressed again when 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 joe biden said like well we think by uh covid needs to be tackled at the state level like his side roasted him for that just roast him especially folks on the left you know they're just roasting him for saying like oh yeah we need to let the states handle this but what if he what if he was right on that point? Now he's he's taking action. He's doing what his political base wants him to do. He's uh going to chase his followers. And you know, what what do we get next? When when Biden inevitably gets challenged from the left on the Democratic Party for the presidential nomination. And it's it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of whether or not someone competent is actually gonna emerge out of that race and can actually, you know, win. But someone's going to challenge him from the left, and what are they going to demand that the government does? So, so the, the Democrats are also thinking of doing this this mass distribution thing. Uh, they, they've they've talked about some of this stuff before. Like we, we've had mass distributions in, 
at the local level, like my city of Rochester, like mailed out a bunch of masks back when this thing was like first starting. Right. And, you know, okay, cool. Like back then people were afraid to go out. Uh, you know, there really wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, availability at that point because, you know, there was kind of a run on, on, on those sorts of items. Uh, the medical system needed those. But now we, we've been doing this for almost two years. Like, there is supply. There is stuff available. Now Democrats want to, to mail three N95 masks to everyone. Like, that's, that's, that's where we're going with this. Uh, do, do we... Do we actually need government to solve this problem? I mean, like, cool, like, acknowledging changes to, you know, uh, the, the, the the science of masks. It's, okay, maybe cloth masks don't work, and if we just mandate this and we have the cloth mask, maybe that's not the best. So, all right, we're going to do N95 masks now. We're going to mail them to everybody. It creates the same problem, same issues that we're talking about with the, the, the testing and my worry about shortages there. Okay, so now there's going to be this massive order for masks. Okay, cool. Uh, and there'll be, you know, three masks for everyone. Now that's not really going to solve the problem, like at all. Like three masks. I mean, if if you're if you're having to wear them all the time, right? You know, if you're you're in a a, a service industry job where you're you're wearing masks constantly, like those three masks ain't ain't gonna cut it. You're gonna have to go and get some anyway. So it doesn't actually solve the problem. For someone like me, I don't need them. I work from home most days. I have my own supply of N95 masks because I can go on Amazon and buy like a 50-pack of them for 20 bucks. Like it's not that difficult. Like why does government need to solve this? The problem has already been solved by markets. Why are they spending this money? Why, why, would, they, why would they want to do that? I don't know that's happened yet, but why, why, would they, why do they think they need to spend this money? It's ridiculous. This is another example of like government spending our money to create a problem, to, to fix a problem that has already been solved. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. If you want to participate in the show, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. Their hands 
hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you for joining us live here on WYSL until 1 p.m. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Shout down the line to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark and our friends listening online, the Kevin Wilson pages, the Free Solution Facebook page, the Free Solution YouTube channel, and the group, too. we got a group now on Facebook. Just look for it, Free Solution. Wherever you're listening today, appreciate y'all. And, you know, we're talking about government... Especially related to COVID. I mean, they, they do it with all sorts of stuff, right? You know, like they, oh, thank goodness, you know, the, the government is here to save us from the problem that the government created. Hooray. Uh, thanks, government. What would we do without you? Um, and and it's like we, we've kind of, again, continued to learn these lessons. I, 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 I'm normally very optimistic, like, you know, about... Uh, to stay humanity, but but it's frustrating when I see politicians have to continue to learn the same lessons over and over again and push the same you know tired, broken solutions over and over again when you know, we know that that's not necessarily the best way to, to move forward. Again, and and with with the mask thing, which again it just it drives me nuts how like it's just it's virtue signaling, right? Like it's not it's 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 a gesture that doesn't actually fundamentally chip away at the problem. It's sending three masks, and I know it's not every Democrat who wants to do this, but sending three masks to every American, like, what was it going to solve, right? Like, most people, people like me, okay, I got to I gotta wear a mask at work. I already have my own supply if I need them. I have, you know, N95s, K95s, surgicals, whatever. You know, I got them all. Got plenty of masks. I'm fine. And if I need more right now, there's a good supply on Amazon. Um, you know, or local drugstores. Again, manufacturing, lift it up. And and not just because and let let's let's not give the Defense Production Act credit for this. I know Donald Trump, uh, you know, demanded that 3M, you know, produce masks as the pandemic was breaking out. Right? You know, let's. I, I'm not I'm not giving him credit for that. Like whenever the government like seizes control of the industry and says you must make this thing, you know, even even with money, like the logistics of doing that is is difficult. And that's there's a kind of delusional sense of government power of like if we will it if we command it then like we can fix this thing but maybe like logistically you know there's a reason why that stuff needs some time to 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 unfold it needs some time to happen you know and, and there's a great conversation i had with uh, uh scott linscombe here a couple of years ago now is about same thing related to the pharmaceutical industry stuff you know are we uh too reliant on uh, foreign countries for some of the bases for you know farmer schools. The answer is no, and we don't need the federal government to get involved and to go and contract with with Kodak of all places to to get them to uh, make some of this stuff domestically. Like the the market can solve its own problems. It doesn't need the 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 hands of politicians to jump in and fix these things. Sometimes, uh, sometimes like it, there just needs to be you know 
adequate space for free market actors to be able to solve these issues. And again, the, with the mask thing, was it due to folks? I have I have enough. It, for for many of you listening, you know, you, you're going to think like, if the government just sends me three masks, what are you going to do with those? You know, either throw them out or you should probably just keep them and like you know use them if you're not going to wear them and and you know do that out in public, right? If you're going to be that person, they're still good for like working around the house. You know, you're doing some work, right? At least do that, right? Don't throw them out. But uh, but I know some folks. If you're not going to wear a mask, you're not going to wear a mask at this point, you know. Unless you you have to, I think you you should if you're walking into a business that requests it. But you know, is this going to solve that problem? Are more people going to mask because the government sends them one? No. Maybe they'll wear the N95 over a cloth mask if that's what they've been doing and that's the only one they have. Okay, but again, is three masks going to get you that far? No. Is it going to disrupt the supply chains more you know if we have this the government's ordering whatever 320 some odd million people so you're you're ordering a billion masks maybe does it make things more hard to get who knows right like if we try to 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 send folks out uh to 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 take all the supplies of masks away does it make it more difficult for someone like me to go out and just buy one i don't know maybe Hopefully not. I mean, I feel like there's enough manufacturers out there who are like, hey, here's a thing that needs to be produced, used every day by millions of people. I'm going to I'm gonna do that. And actually, what's interesting is like we probably have the capacity right now, too. Um, Donald Trump, one of the things he did, and I'm not sure if it ever got reverses, he said that the uh, um, we couldn't ship medical supplies overseas, too. Now, I'm curious if that's uh, still in place. Yeah, I would I would like to think that that ought to be lifted right now. Again, we we have given enough time, given you know a few weeks, months of adjustment. You know, we can shift to solve these problems, and, and in fact, in many ways, the the free market has. And I know in in some cases they got state and federal assistance. I get it. And, and what's hard is you you end up with these kind of counterfactuals, right? Like when when we go back and we look at this pandemic, you know, a couple decades from now, we end up with these counterfactuals where we say like, well, could we have solved this problem without government? Well, we won't know because the government was there, right? The government was involved heavily in the, the vaccine process, right? And I get into arguments with folks about this sometimes about the vaccines, like, well, I'm against them because the government subsidized them. And, and aren't you against government subsidies? I'm like, yeah, I am, you know pro-vaccine, but, and I'm like, well, no one would have taken it if the government didn't subsidize. I'm like, well, I don't know. That's a counterfactual. You know, if the government had stayed out of it altogether, you know, maybe, you know, they would have gone on sale for 30 bucks a pop. And for most folks, they would have said, yeah, uh, that seems worth it to me. Let's get the vaccine for 30 bucks, whatever. And the health insurance companies probably would have covered it anyway. And, uh, you know, encouraged folks to do it and probably given it away for free to a bunch of other folks. This could have been a problem solved without government intervention. Again, we have trillions of dollars in not trillions. Yeah, well, yeah, trillions of dollars in debts. Uh, and eventually, we're already seeing some of that. Eventually, it's going to come due. It's going to create more problems for us. That The payments on those debts, debts are going to be enormous as we start to see more inflation. If we start to see interest rates rise, it's going to... Servicing those loans, servicing that debt is going to be huge. But we keep piling on, piling on, piling on. And 
we don't look at the ways in which government ought to trust in its own people to address some of these issues. And, you know, not, not just individuals, but, you know, uh, companies working across state lines, across international borders, uh, working with various communities to be able to address uh, the, the the biggest challenges of the com- uh, pandemic on a community by community level, it is possible, you know. And, and going back to what 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 are we going to think about this when we're looking at it twenty years later? Is could the government have stayed out, and could would would we be fine without that government intervention? Would we be better off without that? Looking at how much debt we've taken on for this, and would we be more robust? If we had that system of being able to interact freely, of being able to produce stuff and not having the government pick winners and losers in these processes where they say we're going to place all of our chips, all of our, you know, all of our money in a handful of companies to be able to do this stuff sometimes. And uh, they're the ones who are going to win in this situation where you might have had more nimble you know, manufacturers who are able to address these issues in different ways. Um, and then you get the whole approval process of the FDA and all these things add up layer after layer after layer, make it more difficult for us to get out of this situation. Again, this is just the logistics of assuming that this that the pandemic is as as serious as it needs to be, and we need to find a way to stop that. Now, I'm going off of that. That's really why I believe it is serious. We need to find a way to stop it. Okay, who solves this problem? Is it Joe Biden or is it all of us? I think all of us together. I know that sounds collectivist, but really people interacting freely with each other, all of us can solve these things if we want to. Instead, if we get consumed by fear and we say, oh, strongman, save us. Donald Trump save us, Joe Biden save us, that's where we get in trouble because they can't have all the answers. Not that they don't, not that they're not smart enough, they can't have all the answers. It is not possible. We don't have that capacity right now or probably ever for any single authority, any single committee to be able to central plan our economy and central plan our way out of a disaster. Being more resilient, having a a lot of systems in place to be able to address these issues and a decentralized way of addressing problems is what will keep us stronger in the end. Having one central authority and putting all of our faith in a small handful of people to solve our future problems is a dangerous, dangerous game. And when we come back, we'll talk about the ways in which it's not just dangerous for addressing these problems, addressing these disasters, but for our liberty itself. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. 
Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your today. Thanks again for joining us. Again, we're live here on WSL. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Live until 1 o'clock. If you want to join the discussion quickly. You know, we're talking about all these, these plans of distributing you know, masks and tests and other stuff. And, you know, the the continued calls to... You know, have the Defense Production Act, you know, invoked to and the the executive order from Biden administration like doesn't exactly invoke that. It says like, well, we we can though to solve this problem if we need to, right? Like, we'll direct resources that way, seize control of factories if we need to, which is what the Defense Production Act allows for, uh, and that that so like I there's a temptation, right? Again. When, when people are in crisis, for the government to come in and, and save us and to say, like, oh, well, they're the only ones who can do this. They're the only ones who have the resources, the, the money, the, the wherewithal to, to force people to, to, to make the things and, and to solve this issue, right? But it is incredibly dangerous to do this. And, again, I'm, I'm talking about, like, the economic side of this. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about, the, like, the lockdown stuff, right? Like, that's – I mean, we, 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 we talk about that all day, but, you know, that we're talking about, like, the economic side. Like, why is it dangerous to start to do that? Why is it dangerous for us as a people, as a culture, politically, to assume that government is the one who has to solve these problems? Um, and you know, kind of reference back to uh, The Road to Serfdom, uh, Friedrich Hayek's book, and he – talks about how centralized control over economic issues inevitably leads to political control like it's it's and if you haven't read the actual book or you know there's there's some great like short summaries online too like it's worth checking out like why why does this end up happening um you know and it's because in order to uh start to to exercise control of the economy you're going to have to 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 rein in the folks who are opposed to that Right, like when you start to to give this control to to central authorities, these central planners, you know, maybe you know it starts at a broad level, like it starts at a congressional level, a legislative level, and you and and you you give folks some some extra control of the economy, and you know you have these committees of folks, and they try to to talk to industrial leaders and you know develop regulations that you know seem to make sense, you know, because the market they say can't handle it. Well, okay. You know, so you, you start with that. That process is messy. It's difficult. It's tough. If you try to do too much in that process, you will fail. If you overpromise in that process, you will fail, and it ends up being slow and cumbersome. And it's easy to overpromise the outcome of those results because you can't promise results in government policy. Um, and I mentioned this before. There's a great Andrew Heaton uh, podcast about this. As political reference, by where he talks about you can't promise government results. Government policy can only do two things: it can incentivize and it can punish. 
you don't know what the out you, you hope that your incentives and your punishments lead to good outcomes the outcomes that you predict but you don't know that that's going to happen and so these policies we don't always know what the outcomes of that are going to happen people act in strange and different ways and you'll you'll start to hear people talk about like well the 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 people are exploiting loopholes or they're getting around this or not complying whatever so you have to keep closing more and more of those and every time you do that it's more and more restrictions on your liberty on the liberty of of people to be able to act freely to to voluntary exchange with one another you know and, and I'm not just talking about like the force and fraud stuff. I mean, just 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 trying to to, to tweak the knobs, tweak the levers of getting an economy that leads towards an idea of equality, right? Where where the assumption is that that equality is a a good and worthy goal. Like you're going to need to keep building in more and more and more rules in order to do that. And those rules are going to start to creep beyond just the economic interactions that they started with they're going to inevitably creep to the political interactions because you know if you are agitating for you know uh freer markets if you're agitating uh in in calling attention to inflation that can derail those economic goals it becomes more of more of a problem and so what what here here's what i think you know again the the spirit of economic freedom the culture of economic freedom needs to be preserved. Like we need to, to continue to fight for that. And I, and I see that, you know, like in the Democratic Party, a lot of that's going away. And it, it's been this has been a longer trend. But I see that in the Republican Party, too. I see, you know, hey, we, we had to trust Donald Trump to, to solve our economic problems. No, no, we don't. Like he, he doesn't have the answer. No matter. And this isn't a, a anti-Donald thing. It's, he doesn't have all the answers. Because what happens again in that process, that legislative process, that 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 process I told you is messy. Inevitably, you're going to get to a point where they can't deliver on those promises, and then someone like Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or whoever the next person is, who may be great or may be terrible, start to say, "Well, I could solve that problem quicker. Let's not let Congress worry about that. I will solve that. Just let me solve it by executive order." And and we see that. More and more and more and more, you know, and again, we, especially since the Bush administration, but really the, the, the tactic goes well before that, too. But especially since then, you know, we've seen all these problems. We assume that the government has to solve them. So that's step one. Government has to solve this economic or social problem. OK, so let's start with Congress. That's where that's where we solve problems on the legislative level. Right. OK, cool. Well, Congress can't solve this problem. It's political gridlock dysfunction. A bunch of people are mad, understandably so, because you're asking them to give up control over their lives. And who has that control, whether it's your you know, cultural enemy, it matters. It matters because that's going to affect your livelihood. It's going to affect your ability to interact with people. It's going to affect your family. So you're very passionate about it. So you're like, no, no, I need someone else in. I need someone else to go in. And if you're going to do this, do it right or you know, fix it or undo it. Get passionate about it. But because they can't solve that problem, more people say, well, Congress wasn't able to solve it. They weren't able to work out a compromise that was worthwhile. So we're going to move towards someone who can solve it quickly. George Bush promises that. Barack Obama promises that with his pen and his phone. Donald Trump promises that with his executive orders, and so does President Biden. They say they can just do this. But we've fundamentally given up the premise that 
they don't need to solve that problem, that Congress doesn't need to solve that problem, that we the people can actually solve these things, that there is already the capacity in free society with us interacting with each other without anyone from Washington telling us what to do to fix these things. I know we can. We've done it many times in our past before. There can be bully pulpit leadership from Washington, too. There can be people cheering us on. But I know we have the capacity to do great things as a people without some some person in Washington, D.C., whoever that next person is. But if we keep going down this road, inevitably, we're going to continue to give up more and more of our liberties to that central authority, to the executive branch, because that problem is too difficult, too messy to solve in the halls of Congress. So we say, all right, this this take too long. Just give give another authority figure more power. More power, more power. And if, until eventually, Congress barely even matters anymore. And maybe we're at that point. But we have to go back to that fundamental premise. It's not who's in charge. It's not electing someone else that's going to fix this issue. It's not switching parties. It's changing your mindset. It's changed the mindset of, How can we, we the people, businesses, individuals, community organizations, solve the problems of our time on our own without waiting for Washington to do it? That's the mindset that we need to instill and encourage in each other. Voting's not going to save us in this. We need to start problem solving our own. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Appreciate y'all being here. Larry Sharp is in tomorrow. I'll be back in on Wednesday. Talk to you then.